This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, we've all witnessed how several brands of e-cigarettes have become an alternative to cigarette smoking. Since 2015, the popular Juul version has taken off, and by the end of 2018, now represents a staggering 71% of the e-cigarette market here in the U.S. But now Juul is facing litigation involving claims of targeting young people with false and deceptive marketing and failing to warn of its highly addictive levels of nicotine. In its defense, Juul claims the product is for adult smokers only, denies the plaintiff's allegations, and says the lawsuits have no merit. So joining me today for this, what's going to be, I believe, a really very interesting discussion, as my co-host is Ford Swift from Austin, Texas. Ford is my friend and Ringler colleague, and he's been on here before. So welcome to the show, uh, Ford. Great to have you back. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And our special guest today is attorney Joseph Van Zant from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. Beasley Allen has filed three lawsuits on behalf of individuals severely addicted to nicotine as a result of using vaping devices, which they claim the manufacturers marketed as safe and uh, I'm sure a lot of other allegations in there, too, Joe. So welcome to the show, Joe. Great to have you here on Ringler Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Terrific. Joe, I think many people at first believed that e-cigarettes were a substitute for the smoking process, but without the harmful side effects. But now we know that these vape pen devices contain some of the very same nicotine that proved to be highly addictive. Uh, tell us about the vape pen product. How, how does it work for those out there who aren't really familiar with it? How, how does it work and what is it doing wrong? Well, the one I'll focus on the most is the Juul e-cigarette. And it is a, it's a small e-cigarette that's about the size of a USB port. And it is absolutely loaded with nicotine. And so you're right. A lot of the dangerous chemicals that, um, that were, you know, that caused the problems with traditional cigarettes are, are also in the jewelry cigarettes, including nicotine, which is one of the most addictive chemicals in the world. And, you know, these products don't just contain nicotine, they contain a lot of nicotine. So Juul actually was even able to manipulate the nicotine in their product so that users could get a higher hit of nicotine without suffering any of the irritability or throat hit that is normally associated with nicotine intake. So they've, I mean, they've created lightning in a bottle in a sense, in order, and so that kids are able to get severe, high amounts of nicotine with none of the harsh, harsh, harsh side effects. Could you tell us, this is for just a question, could you tell us a little bit maybe about the claims of how the marketing is towards teens and maybe even children and how this came about? Absolutely. And, you know, actually, things have changed just the last few days in litigation, and we've actually filed up to eight lawsuits now, and we believe that number will continue to grow 
over the next several months, um, not just for our firm, but nationally. You know, the, the claims, you hear a lot about the marketing claims that Juul marketed these products to minors, and that is 100% certainly the case. Um, they, I mean, they came out very heavy on social media. They targeted minors. They used models that were young and attractive. And they really copied the big tobacco playbook for marketing and getting minors to use these products. But that's really only part of the story. The bigger story here is that everything Juul did, from the way they designed the e-cigarette itself, from the way they manipulated the nicotine, and then the way that they targeted minors without giving any kind of warning about the potential side effects and the dangers of these products, all of that was, was geared and intentionally done to get new people, nicotine-naive people, so not people who are prior smokers, but nicotine-naive people like teenagers and young adults to try their product. And so it was all about initiation and addiction. And everything they did, including the marketing, um, was targeted and aimed towards doing that. No question about it. And certainly some of the flavorings and all that were really appealing to the kids, that's for sure. Of course. You know, they tell you that they want, they want adult smokers to switch and use their products. So adult smokers are already used to the taste of cigarettes and tobacco. So an adult smoker doesn't need cream brulee or fruit medley to, to, to switch to this product. So, yeah, even the flavorings, um, it's comical to think that that was not geared towards minors. Yeah, it, it, it certainly seems that. You know, some people, Joe, say that they use the Juul as a means to cut down on their cigarette smoking, claiming it's a cheaper and healthier alternative. Yet recently, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, announced an investigation into a cluster of lung illnesses that may be related to e-cigarette use. And I noted that San Francisco passed an ordinance outlawing the sale and distribution of, a, of e-cigarettes unless they had some FDA approval. What is the latest from the FDA and the CDC? Where is this heading? Well, you're right. It seems like every day there's a new article or a new study that comes out um, outlining the dangers of Juul and other e-cigarettes. You know, currently the FDA has given these companies just a few more months. You know, they are, these companies are currently operating without FDA approval, and the FDA has given them um, some time, basically, to be on the market before they actually have to submit an application. And that application will be due in, in just a few more months. I believe at this point it may be um, seven or eight months from now. These companies, Juul, um, specifically, and other companies, in order to keep their products on the market, they'll have to submit and go through the, the full FDA application process to do that. So, so the time is ticking um, for these companies in order they have to be able to show you know, that, their, that their product offers, offers some benefit. And in, in considering that, the FDA will not only look you know, what benefit might this offer to people who are already adult smokers, but what, what, what about initiation? You know, is this is this product causing more people to start smoking or start using Juul than it's helping? And so that's something that has to you have to factor in. And to the idea that to the idea that you that these products would help people who are already smokers, I mean that's I think that's wishful thinking to an extent. But unfortunately, the statistics and the data are showing that a lot of smokers there are some people who are switching to these, but a lot of smokers are actually just using um, Juul to supplement their smoking habit. You know that that they can they can use the jewel when they're in work or around certain crowds, and then continue smoking cigarettes as well. And the health community is very worried about that practice because that certainly puts you at even higher risk of cigarette related no, illnesses. No question about that. And you know you you see it. All of us do, uh, obviously, because you know someone who is smoking a cigarette, you have the smoke and the ash and the and and the and the odor. 
with the with the with the vape pens, you, you can get away with a lot of that in, in, in a in a in a crowded scenario where you normally wouldn't be able to. So yeah, it's a it's a risk. Uh, it's really a risk to a lot of the people out there using them. You know, uh, Beasley Allen, I believe, has filed three lawsuits on behalf of the individuals who've been really addicted to the vaping devices and nicotine. And he were the manufacturers of marketing as a safe and. I believe all three clients are even under the age of 18. And what does the medical research say about Juul and products like this with your clients and uh, negative health consequences of vaping? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the, obviously the key components when it comes to an individual who is addicted is, is the nicotine. And the nicot- the science around nicotine ad- addiction is, is very strong and has been, has been established for decades. And so, you know, these are new products. But the problem, nicotine, is it's not a new problem. The tobacco industry has known of the powerful addictiveness of nicotine and how that, how that helps them sell more products for, for a long time. And uh, this company really followed that same playbook in order to get, these, um, get people to use these products. So, you know, nicotine ad- addiction science is, is very well established. And the individuals we filed cases for, actually up to eight individuals now, are, are all suffering from severe addiction. These, most of these individuals we filed for so far, um, they were minors. They, a lot of them are still minors. Some were minors when they started and got addicted, but have now um, become adults. And actually, unfortunately, one of the side effects of this is sometimes, you know, the nicotine in these products is not enough. And then you have people who go on and actually start smoking traditional cigarettes in order to support their nicotine addiction. And, and unfortunately, that's a, that's a sad thing that we're seeing in society. And we all know the, the risk and dangers of smoking traditional cigarettes. Yeah, it is a, it is a sad thing to, to, to look at. Uh, you know, and, and this concept of you know, kind of camouflaging what you're doing as a young, as a young kid, trying to camouflage because you don't, you don't have that cigarette scenario. Uh, it's really causing, I'm sure, a lot of heartbreak when a lot of families, as they find out that their kids are doing something they probably weren't even aware of. You know, it's just amazing. It is. You know, we, we talk to young individuals and parents almost every day, and this is something that a lot of families are struggling with. It's so prevalent. It's, it's you know, the statistics last year showed that up to 21% of high schoolers were using these e-cigarettes. And you're right. that A lot of times parents have no idea their kids are using. You don't smell it on their clothes. You don't um, you you don't see any anything about it other than most parents will sometimes find the find what they think is a USB drive, and it ends up being a jewel e-cigarette. So you know, bottom line, you know, unfortunately, these jewels and other vape pens are are actually more insidious than cigarettes because they can be using them without even somebody being able to say, "Hey, stop doing that," because I know what you're doing, and and it's really it's really a problem. Exactly. You know, when I was in high school, people who wanted to smoke had to go behind the gym and smoke a cigarette. And a lot of times they got busted and got caught. Now we have reports of, of, you know, kids using these products in class. The teacher turns around and they can take a hit of their jewel or other e-cigarette, blow the smoke down their shirt, and the teacher never knows. So yeah, it, it certainly makes it easier to use these throughout the day. Well, I remember an old song called Smoking in the Boys' Room. That was kind of the, 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 you know, when you were the rebel, that's what you did. But now it's going to be smoking right in front of your teacher with these with these vape pens. It's amazing. And in, in some schools, they've actually started calling the bathroom the jewel room. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back right here on Ringer Radio in just a minute. We'll be right back with Joe Van Zant talking about this fascinating subject of jewel vape pens. We'll be right back.
This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. You can count on Ringler Advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, along with my co-host, Ford Swift. And we're talking with our special guest, attorney Joe Van Zant from the BZ Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. And we're discussing the Juul e-cigarette litigation. Joe, do you see any similarities in this Juul litigation to the big tobacco litigation, which led to a, that massive settlement in the late 90s? Are we headed kind of in the same direction, do you think? Initially, it does appear that there are a lot of similarities here. You're dealing with a generation of people who are addicted to these products. Um, you know, with with Juul, we're we're only just starting to see the beginning of the the catastrophic type injuries. You know, with severe lung problems, strokes, seizures, we're just starting to kind of see the beginning of that. You know, the tobacco litigation, you know, lung cancer and other problems, you know, had been around for a while. So it was it was certainly different in that regard. But especially when it comes to addiction, um, we're looking at a very similar situation and potentially similar litigation. You know, I mean, one of the biggest one of the big players um, in the tobacco litigation was was Altria, the parent company of Philip Morris. And, uh, you know, Altria purchased a 35 percent share of Juul back in 2018 for, um, I, I believe, 13 billion dollars or something along those lines. And so there, you know, it, we're dealing almost the same player in the background that certainly may have an influence about how Jewel approaches this litigation. And, you know, I, also interesting, I, I noted that uh, the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, shows that a lot of these high school students, vaping devices is, is absolutely soaring. Then you read that Jewel claims are no longer selling at retail locations. And in fact, they're even removing their Facebook and Instagram accounts and, and furthermore. So have, have you seen, a, you know, evidence of this and combating the youth use because you know speaking for myself i have uh, middle schoolers and young high schoolers and i can tell you it's 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 a major problem and like larry alluded to earlier you can't smell it on your kids clothes back when i was growing up if you went out to a bar your parents would smell your clothes in the morning and they could tell where you've been those days are over Right. And, you know, Jewel has been making some efforts in, in recent months. And, it, you know, it's hard to tell if that's sincere or if that's in response to the public outcry over what they've done over the last few years. Um, but you know, we don't think, number one, we don't think what they've done is enough. And number two, we think it's too late. So, for instance, they haven't stopped selling these products in retail stores. They've stopped selling the um, fruit medley, cream brulee, and some of the other flavors. But again, they have statistics that show that mint 
is one of the flavors that attract teenagers more than anything else. And they're still selling mint in stores. And even if they're not selling them in stores, you can still get these products online. So they're not real. They're not getting rid of the flavors. They're, they're still, still available. Um, and you know, they've now they're if you see a dual commercial, it looks a lot different than it used to. They're not showing these young individuals. And as you mentioned, they pulled down Instagram and Facebook, but the damage has been done. You know, hashtag jewel lives on and it's immortal. You can go to Twitter, Instagram and search hashtag jewel and it will pull up hundreds of thousands of posts that continue to be shared and spread around the internet that are related to the use of jewel. So the damage has been done. That is out there. Minors and individuals on social media are, are seeing it on, on a daily basis. And not only is it still available on the internet is that they've, they've infiltrated high schools. And so now kids are passing along these same messages, these, um, these bad habits to each other. And that, so the damage has been done. And that's what we're in this for is, is for Jewel to, to do something to rectify the damage that they've already done. And that, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. I think it's even infiltrated middle school. That's just my, my firsthand experience looking at it here in Austin, but mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're seeing and hearing that a lot. I mean, we have, we have clients as young as 12 years old that um, have started and have become se- severely addicted to nicotine. And, you know, addiction, a lot of people just say, well, hold on, you're suing because just addiction? But it's not just addiction. You know, nicotine, if, if you get addicted to nicotine when you're when you are still have a developing adolescent brain, that that can potentially be a, a long term, if not lifelong brain injury. The nicotine addiction literally rewires the way that your brain works. And so that you will it will become a more severe addiction and something that's much more difficult to overcome. And again, the tobacco industry has known for, for decades that if you're going to have a lifelong customer, you've got to get them addicted before they're, before they're 25 years old. And that's why we believe we've seen such the push, um, the push of these products onto our, our young people across America. You know, what, they, what the kids don't realize, and, you know, we hate to sound like, you know, <laughs> bad, bad daddies when we're saying it, is who wants, to, who wants to give rise to being a slave to a product like that? If you get addicted like that, and it's a long-term process for you, and uh, it's, it's a tough, tough you know, wheel to get off of, and it's amazing. But, you know, in the schools, and I think you mentioned middle schools, uh, Ford, and other places, there's, there's always this, who's the cool guy in, in the class? What's the cool thing that we're doing? And, and you know, now it seems to be that's kind of the cool thing to hide the jewel and, and, and do your thing, and, and it's become... Uh, you know, it really makes it tough for a lot of kids to, to say no. And that, that's really a, a tragedy of, a, a, you know, one of the biggest tragedies of all. And equally Absolutely. hard for the parents to monitor because just like Joe, you know, yeah. it's so hard to, it, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a pain. Yeah, it, it's it's the kid that wants to fit in, you know, in, in this world. We, are, that we keep hearing about kids not fitting in. How do you fit in? Well, maybe you... You say, "Hey, I got a jewel." You know, I'll take that. And it's 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 you know, it's it's a story as old as time, I guess. But we've just got some very da- dangerous things that we're dealing with now. So, Joe, and, and schools are having a schools are having a very hard time dealing with this as well. So, I mean, Beasley Island, we've we've been in schools, we've we've hosted events here locally for administrators and parents to learn more about the problem. And the stories we hear, you know, there there are principals who have to spend almost all of their time trying to deal with dual related issues usage in the school so it's really a you know it's really interfering with even the education system 
Well, to that end, where do you see your cases against Jewel uh, going, uh, Joe? Where do they stand, and, and what's your next step as a litigator? Because it's going to be folks like you that are going to really make the real difference here as we try to turn the corner on this stuff. Well, our goal is to get to get Jewel in front of juries for them to answer for what they've done. And we believe in order to make an impact here, to make a difference, that the, the stories of the individuals who have been severely impacted by this product need to be told. And that and that's what we're we're certainly seeking out to do. You know, we are filing we're representing individuals in, in um, several different state courts right now, in federal courts as well. There's currently a petition to form a dual MDL, a multi district litigation that would consolidate a lot of the federal cases um, from around the country in, into one district. And so that procedurally speaking, that's what we're dealing with now uh, on the consolidation issues. So there's there's a lot of moving pieces right now with the litigation of where the litigation will will end up and how the litigation will proceed. But I can tell you we are we are excited just to get a case um, in in trial. You know we we're we're ready. We are ready to get our clients their day in court and to to really show the world you know, this conduct that has really addicted millions of people across the country. Well, you know, you are moving forward, interestingly enough, in an environment where it looks like the CDC and the FDA are now beginning to make some, you know, take some steps that are going to make kind of bolster your position. So that's going to be something as you look down the road, you might find you've got some allies in the government that are really trying to help. Well, with that, Joe. We we certainly help both. Yeah, uh, we certainly hope so. And the, the public health community is really stepping up. And there are experts around the country, medical experts who are conducting studies and doing research. And so, you know, we believe obviously we're, we're lawyers and we have a certain role, we, we believe, in this battle. But obviously, this is much bigger than just lawsuits and um, and courtrooms that this fight will be, you know, will be spread with through public health through schools, through parents, that we all have to band together to, to fight this in order to protect our children. Well, I think on behalf of parents and, and really in children everywhere, I think, uh, you know, keep up the fight because uh, we've got to solve this, uh, this, this new scourge that's really uh, potentially going to be a real problem into the future for, for all of our families and, and our kids in America. So with that, Joe, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and talk to you about this, how would they do that? Yeah, sure. So um, you can call me at my office, and my number there is 334-495-1315. And you can also email me anytime, and my email is joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, dot Van Zant, V-A-N-Z-A-N-D-T, at BeasleyAllen.com. And if, if anyone has further questions or, or need any help in regards to, to any of these issues, I'm, I'm always happy to talk. And you know, Joe, with the name Van Zant, people are going to think you play a lot of music, too. You know that. I know that, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I usually get asked about Leonard Skinner, but unfortunately, I have, I have absolutely no uh, musical talent. So if that's why you're calling, you might as well not call. <laughs> you can't get him tickets to a concert, <laughs> that's for sure. All right. And yeah, for- I can't help you out there. <laughs> and Ford, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Email would be fswift at ringlerassociates.com or uh, direct dial at 512-299-7501. That's great. And if any of you want to get a hold of any Ringler Associate, you can go to ringlerassociates.com. It's a great website. It's got a lot of great information about a lot of subjects that are uh, obviously of interest in the legal and, and claim community. 
And, uh, of course, you can also, on ringlerassociates.com, find all of the Ringler Radio shows, and we've done hundreds of them. Uh, and you can also find the shows on ringlerradio.com, legaltalknetwork.com, or on iTunes, where you can uh, download and uh, play the show at your leisure. So with that, I want to thank you again, Joe, for being a great guest. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. And Ford, once again, thanks for being a great co-host. Thank you very much, Larry. And for all the rest of you out there, go have a great day and keep away from those jewels. Take care. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.